You're listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey, everybody. Unfortunately, you're uh, hearing my voice again, which means Damien is away. But uh, the good news is we've got Kelly Brown here from Bird Dog Waterfowl. To start things off, first, we've got Ryan coming out of Nova Scotia. We've got Phil coming from, well, he's between two houses right now. Still in the schwa. Still in the schwa. We got Mark Vitch coming from somewhere near Ottawa. And we've got Kelly Brown coming all the way from California. Um, Kelly, good to have you on again. We've been trying this for a few times now, haven't we? Yeah, we have. And, uh, I appreciate it though. You guys, uh, hopefully this one works out. I know we had some, uh, technical difficulties a couple weeks ago and then just, uh, a little, uh, playing a uh, tag with each other. So glad to be here and finally get this going. Yeah. For the record, Kelly said he would only come on if we got rid of Damien. So we happily obliged to his, yeah. his request. Yeah. You weren't supposed to say anything. <laughs> well, and more importantly, <laughs> Kelly can understand all of us. Yeah. yeah. So Kelly, for people who don't know what is bird dog waterfowl and know for people that have watched all of our other episodes, it's not bird dog whiskey. Oh yeah, that's right. We uh, had that, had that conversation too. Um, bird dog waterfowl is a, um, I'd say lifestyle apparel brand that, um, started by accident. Um, you can say I, uh, I started, um, back in 2016, started bird dog waterfowl as, uh, just for myself, basically, because the style of, um, hats most mainly and, um, the style of outdoor, uh, waterfowl gear wasn't really like resonating with me and, um, where, where I'm from in California. And, um, I couldn't, couldn't find really what I wanted. So I just started, uh, said, you know what, I'm going to do it myself and, um, started making stuff just for myself, not for sale and, um, wearing it. And the feedback I got on it was, I was pretty amazed. So, um, people were asking, where can I buy this? And I was like, well, you really can't because it's just, it's for me, but, um, kind of, rolled with that and then created a social media and was like, you know what, um, I'll open it up to the public and see if, you know, what the feedback is. And it's been that ever since and just going and going and, um, started adding new products and this and that, a team and it's turned into an actual brand now. So, um, you know, with the whole, got the LLC and trademark and all that stuff. And it's, here we are five five and a half years later now so yeah that's good yeah one of the products that i've seen on your site and then for anyone that's listening it's going to sound to the guys that we're talking here today kind of like it's we've already talked about this but three weeks ago we actually did half an episode and then the internet died on us so we're going to try and revisit some of those topics but one of the bird dog waterfowl products that interests me the most was your uh your tarsal bands that you can make for your dogs and and with the dog's name on it or stuff like that that was kind of a neat little feature yeah that's that's a, a fairly recent um 
endeavor and we're uh, trying to still work it out to where we um, can do the turnaround faster on them. But that's, I mean, it's such a cool thing to be able to um, do replica bands of say someone shot um, a bird and they want to carry that band with them on, on themselves, but say they're getting a mount done and um, we're able to, to replicate the band for them. And so they can have, basically the the same band on the mount um so so you don't lose that like aesthetic of it as well as um that we put them on the dog collars we do um the custom dog collars put your dog's name phone number it's kind of a cool like a little offshoot of a regular dog tag kind of thing or throw it on your lanyard it's it's a it's a pretty cool pretty cool deal and it, it seems to be pretty popular in the hunting community yeah that's good. So we've talked about that you're from California. Um, as Phil brought up the last time, and I just learned this, the most southern part of Ontario is actually further south than the northern part of California. And when I when Phil was telling me about that and I was hearing that, I was thinking like, whenever I think of California, I think of like close to the Texas border. So it's hot there all the time. But you guys actually have quite the varied um weather patterns up there and which brings in a lot of different species of ducks there uh how is duck hunting over in california um it sucks it's horrible you don't ever want to go same with ontario no one come here to (laughs) know you need a little geography lesson there uh dave just what's that you need a little geography lesson here yeah we're gonna do it now i need it so there's southern california yeah there's arizona there's new mexico and then there's Texas, California, nowhere near Texas, but. Oh, I meant Mexico. Sorry. Whatever. <laughs> There's also yeah. a Nevada in there, I believe. Yeah. yeah. We just lost all three of our Texas listeners like that. Yeah. <laughs> Did <laughs> yeah. I say Texas? Sorry, guys. I meant, I was talking about like the Southern. Arizona. But yeah. yeah. You have a uh, Nevada, Arizona on the Southern, Southern, uh, Eastern border up there. And then Nevada all the way up to to um idaho and oregon but um yeah our um climate i mean california is so diverse in its um ecosystem and what you're thinking about is in your in your like in your mind is more of a uh southern california kind of thing where it's a high desert kind of area and stuff but yeah i that was news to me that the the most northern part of california was uh, north of the most south part of Ontario but um, I mean in the summer it it's hot basically pretty much all over and dry and we we touched on it um, before the show about the you know we have fires and drought right now is a huge factor water in these western states is a huge um, huge deal right now but um in the in your in your hunting season and winter wise uh northern california is gonna be your it's gonna be cold i mean we get snow up there and to the east we have the sierras and um so the what you're thinking in your mind is more probably the typical south where you're not getting that snow and everything which really brings down we have you know our flyway the pacific flyways um host to so many species of birds and that's what makes california like pretty unique in its itself is that 
the species of geese and birds we have coming because we got they're coming from I mean all the way from Russia, um, Alaska and the Western Canada up there. So I mean the diversity of divers um, on the coast. You got your um, sea ducks and then your puddle ducks and I mean every type of goose you could probably think of almost um, come down to at least a part of California. I'm not saying they go all the way down. I think lately, generally in the past years, I mean, we're central, like North central California. And, and that's probably about as far down as they like to go now. It, it feels like in just the recent years with the, my, the migration patterns have been from what I've seen personally. I got a, like a two part question for you, Kelly. Yeah. So in, in the grand scheme of the state of California, where do you live? Like, what's it like around there, like population wise and hunting property wise? And like, how far on average do you have to travel to hunt, whether it be a field or, uh, or water or whatever the case may be? Okay. So, um, me personally in the area I'm at is, um, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, San Jose, but I mean, I can, if you know where San Francisco is, I'm about an hour, a little can, over an I hour can, south. I can, I can Google it. Yeah. San Jose is where the Sharks play. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> Hockey team. There you go. Um, so it's, I, I call it the uh, central, it's not northern, northern California, but it's not southern. It's in the, in the Monterey Bay, San Francisco Bay area. And um, I, I live uh, in so my, my town right now that I grew up in is um, when I was born, it was about 20,000 people. And it's, I mean, everything's growing right now at the rate of, I mean, it's just becoming ridiculous. And we got probably about close to 70,000 people in my town, but it's a, a small town it used to be more of a small town feel and everything where um you know you have your kind of suburb area and stuff in town but everything on the outskirts is more rural but there is like a metropolitan area of 45 minutes away where it's like san jose with the with the big buildings and uh, i try to stay away from there as much as i can um hunting wise i if so dub season is starting in two weeks here and we literally go hunt five minutes down the road at my buddy's place and or around here. So, I mean, the opportunity to, to shoot on private land around here is just minutes away. Um, duck hunting and waterfowl, I usually the closest I can go to travel for public land is about 45 minutes, 45 minute drive. And that's I mean, that's really nothing in the in the morning when you're getting up. And so that we have a lot of um, a lot of land it's not this um, stereotypical California where you think of palm trees and people and cars everywhere I mean a lot of the majority of California is agriculture and rural area nice well here's another stat for David that the population of California is higher than the population of Canada Wow. How many waterfowlers do you think are in California versus waterfowlers in Canada? Mm. It might be close. It might be. It might be close, actually. You know, a lot of 
from what my experience with the knowing about Canada hunters, I know that um, a lot of the hunters in Canada are like they travel to Canada to hunt. So I don't know your your resident yeah. population numbers, but here I think well I know for a fact that in the United States, California is if not the highest um, hunting license sales in the country. But that has to do with our population as well, because obviously we have a couple million. I don't even know the number of the uh, population in California anymore, but I mean, it's pretty staggering just because you have these big, large cities. But once you get out of those, I mean, it's you're more spread out, open land and the, the the kind of a area where I'm kind of talking about. Are you, are you finding more, more city people that were against hunting or not thinking of hunting are now starting to get into it because they want to know where their food is sourced or they want to be able to, you know, with some of these shows like the walking dead, they want to be able to source their own food in case something like a zombie attack bullshit happens. Are you finding that you're getting more hunters out because of that shit or um, I would say definitely in the, the last year, um, but with the COVID stuff there, I know that the numbers of sales were up. Um, I honestly, in my personal experience, though, I haven't really seen like a dramatic increase or anything like that. Um, waterfowling here is so like specific to like it, it's a very difficult thing to do if you don't know how to do it um i would you probably see that more with like maybe a deer hunter or someone who's getting into hunting like hunting um, boars or something like that but waterfowl is like so specific in itself where there's so many the laws the rules the ways to get on access the, the land here um the ways to um be able to even to buying decoys, learning to call. Uh, it, there's just so much money involved in it that it's it kind of probably deters a lot of the newer people from trying it. And I'm not saying that it completely does, but um, it's probably something that you have to kind of know someone to really get into it. To It's not something you just kind of pick up on yourself. Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, for the state of California, you guys are non-toxic shot for everything if that's not correct right yeah absolutely everything now which is a pain i'll tell you what today i mean um i ordered i ordered shotgun shells months ago they can't i barely got them yesterday we can't we're not allowed to um just order them online and have them shipped to your house you have to go through a federal firearms license dealer and um now we have a background check every time you buy even just a box of shells, you have to pay a dollar to the state to run some two minute background check real quick. And the way you get in that system is you have to either a have a hunting license or you have to have bought a shotgun or a rifle, a long gun within since 2014 and have it registered in your name. There's so many hoops to jump through. It's unbelievable. And then the, the lack of ammunition to begin with is pretty crazy. So I mean, I luckily enough have like a few boxes left of steel seven shot for shooting the doves, the upland. But um, I mean, it's a real, real hassle. 
have, have you guys been seeing any of that bio ammo coming out or you even know what I'm talking about? So we got approached by a company to check out this new ammo coming to Canada called bio ammo. And it's like a, the casing dissolves. It's like a biodegradable ammo. And I was like, Oh, this might be something that's coming to the, like it just, it kind of seemed almost when they were, when I first heard about it, like it was going back in time because there used to be like, my grandpa gave me a box of paper shells and I'm like, it must be just like a paper shell that they're kind of making again. And, but apparently like a lot of the stuff that they're making is biodegradable and I had some reservations about it, but I haven't fully seen it or studied it. But to me, like, like challenge ammunition came out with like a bright orange hull so that people can easily identify them and pick them up and stop leaving their goddamn garbage out there. But now we're going to like, if we go to the bio ammo, if even a part of it's not biodegradable, it might breed complacency. I don't know. So I, I just wasn't sure if you guys had seen it or been dealing with it yet. You, now that you mentioned it, it's so funny because I went, went in, I bought my um, license today um, for Upland and Duck and everything, but went into the sporting goods here and um, I saw two boxes of, and it said bio ammo on it. And I was like, what is that? But it was, it was lead. So I don't, it wasn't, it wasn't non-toxic. So that was the weird thing. Cause so the, I mean, it dissolves and stuff, but our shot has to, cannot be led here because they, um, the, the condor or basically any kind of um, scavenger, if you shoot and cripple a bird and then it goes and dies somewhere and then it's lead poisoning, I guess, is what they're worried about. And so every, every, um, everything you hunt with here has to be non-toxic, which, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Did we just lose oh. Ryan? Yeah, I got he's, a, I got some he's stats. Re- for he's you. relocating. Oh, okay. I found Go ahead some with stats. your stats there, bitch. So uh, California had uh, 49,000 duck hunting or waterfowl hunting licenses sold last year. You guys are number one in the country. For number duck one, yeah. For ducks yeah. per hunter. Not number one in licenses sold. You're number oh, one okay. in, in ducks per hunter. You're the highest, so it's the, apparently the best place to hunt in the states for waterfowl because you're averaging. No, 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 no. <laughs> Quit no, it! You're not. screwing up. You're screwing <laughs> shit up for Kelly. <laughs> Twenty-one ducks per hunter. No one is close to that. The next closest 20, I could find was fifteen. Twenty-one per season. Yep. Oh, that's, well. that's, pre- that's pretty low. That's very low. A <laughs> <laughs> lot, lot, lot average, of weekend warriors. Average, average, yeah. average. Yeah, average. <laughs> but Canada sells around 200,000 permits total for the whole country. So yeah, is that including the Americans that come up? 200,000 migratory bird permits sold in Canada. Oh. Wow. Yeah, it'd be hard. I wonder how many of that is Americans. Oh, it's a good chunk out west, but I wouldn't say it's it's a good chunk, but I would say it's like 10 to 15,000. I don't think it's more than that cuz you got to think an amount of people that would have to come up cross the border and and to fit them into hunts up here like the amount of guides you'd have to have and the amount of like it'd be, I, i'd say it's around it's probably no more than 10 to fifteen thousand permits from the for the states i i think there's okay. more guides than you think like every time i turn and look there's more and more guides popping up and I agree. Like you look at like look at mitchell's bay and then look at we've got a couple here and then look at all the ones in saskatchewan and i think there's quite a there's a large number of guides up here and and 
now that the border's back open, hopefully they get a little bit more success with the Americans coming up, right? So but, it's it's a one way border at the at the current state. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to get down and get some stuff, but like bird dog whiskey. Maybe. So you can go you can go in, but you can't you guys can't come to the US. You guys can come here, but we can't go there. But we can't go oh, there. Okay. Yeah. The, pe- okay. the peas cannot touch the carrots. Gotcha. <laughs> but if you're looking to come to Canada and you want to fill your truck with some bird dog, you know, you could make a few uh, a few close friends up here, I think. Just the boys will pay the duty. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like it. Sounds like it. You want so, to come shoot Canada's in southern Ontario, Kelly. Yeah. There would be a spare bed for you. All right. And a so, couple dozen love, birds. When we I talk about hunting in California there, are, are we talking like, is there flooded timber or is it like layout boats or, or what kind of is the majority hunting that you do? Is it like field and layout blinds like, like we have around here or what? Oh man, you can use your imagination. I mean, every type of um, hunting that you, you think um, we probably have here just because the, the diversity of the um, habitats you have easily really great dry field hunting because we have fields um i'd say probably in the northern part of california the the major number one um type of hunting is rice hunting on over rice so they'll flood up these rice paddies and fields and um a lot of people uh hunt over rice but you have um definitely dry fields you have definitely uh marsh style um hunting where it's basically used to be natural marshland but i mean now it gets flooded up um that's typically um what you're gonna see is this kind of like uh, low flooded maybe you know ankle to waist even deeper in some spots but kind of marsh marshland um we have the coast obviously so you have the Brant um, hunting and Scoter. Uh, you can maybe get a Harlequin or something like that over there. Um, the timber is not, I wouldn't say, comparable to Arkansas or somewhere in the south like that where those big timber, huge timber areas. But um, flooded trees are, is, a, is a common thing as well. So, I mean, it gives you that kind of sense. You're kind of hunting timber. I, I kind of like that too. Um, hunting river kind of style where it, a lot of trees and um, small skinny kind of water, stuff like that, where the mallards just kind of really want in and um, makes it a lot more intimate. Um, but man, really, you can use your imagination. We have um, the Delta, these huge, um, we call it the Delta. I mean, it's this huge waterway that you know, feeds from the Pacific into freshwater kind of estuaries where, I mean, you have huge, huge open water um, where you can basically take kayak out and do kind of layout diver hunts. And so, I mean, it's so diverse and, and everyone here has their own kind of style too. So, I mean, cause you have your diver hunters, you have your um, guys who are real, you know, just in like pintail we only want pintail and so I, it, it gives you an opportunity to become who you want to be as a hunter and hunt 
and um, target the species you really want to target yourself and focus on that. Hey, Dave, let yeah. Ryan in. Let Ryan in. One job. I don't have the participants window up. Fucking amateur hour. Hey, this <laughs> is my Damien? second time hosting you. Where fuckers. the hell is Damien? 60 <laughs> something <laughs> episodes. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're doing a great job. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. You know, I've, nope. I've practiced hard and I've been I've been sitting on the bench for all these weeks and just waiting for my turn. And I fucked it up the second time through. So sorry about that, boys. You know, fuck, put me back on the bench. But Welcome we're still back, doing Ryan. better than the first. Good to be back, boys. Oh, Cricket free. Yeah. Cricket free. I got a Do you know how many people messaged me asking what the fuck the cricket was about? They're like, who had the cricket? And I'm like, oh, man, it's a guessing game. Like, you figure it out, right? Oh, but, that was a good idea. Yeah. So I, I just thought every time we told a lame joke, you just put it in there with, like, a mixer or something. Just a cricket? Just cricket. Yeah. Cricket. Oh, that's good. Oh. So, Kelly, what else uh, What else is going on in California coming up? You've got Dove Opener coming. How long is your actual – what's that? Oh, yeah, yeah, we got Dove on the 1st of September. And then how long Dove. until your duck opener? Um, here, So we have uh, a couple zones, which are the state split up into a few zones. So the northeastern zone is a smaller zone, and that runs off of basically Oregon's kind of season. So that will open up on the 2nd of October. And then um, the main area of California, which is the balance of state, and that's where we're located. That opens up, uh, shoot, two, three weeks after that. So it's the, I'd say around the third week of October. I haven't really looked at the exact date because, I mean, right now I'm playing, I'm going up to Oregon on the 2nd of October, and that's where I'll kick off my season. Yeah. Um, and then, so we start the around the end of October and run concurrent till the 31st of January. No yeah. splits. I think it's a 107 day season. Yeah, it's like 105 or 107 is the max, right? Yeah. And, and that's what that's what we run here in southern, like the southern, like I think what Ontario's Ontario's divided what four? Yeah. Southern, central, northern Hudson or some shit. We like all of us hunt for the most part southern Ontario, except Ryan. He's in a completely different part of Canada. I, I, I mix between the two. And you're you're on the border between southern and central but yeah like we're we're the max here in southern ontario 105 107 days whatever it is yeah yeah and they kind of just in the past two years opened it up they used to do they used to close it uh right before the 31st of january but i they did they opened something up and got rid of something else to make the dates work and so there was been a little tweak on the seasons, but it's actually pretty cool because you can actually hunt up until the actual 31st of, uh, of January now. And then we have like a, a you don't want to like, it's, it's a late season goose. It's all the white fronted and uh, snow geese. Um, and that's only like a five day season in February. And then that's pretty much the end of it. We got like a youth hunt or a veterans hunt they just started doing a veterans hunt um, after, 
post season. So that's good for, you know, service members and stuff and get out and get some, get some birds and everything. Um, early season we have this year, it runs um, concurrent. We have early season Canada goose and that runs only like five days as well. And um, that's running concurrent with the Oregon season. So I won't be able to do the early goose, but probably shoot some honkers in Oregon anyway. So does your so, early, go- early goose have a higher bag limit? Yeah, I think it's a uh, 10 or 15. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. It's a higher bag limit than um, the regular season. Yeah. But I mean, they're all resident. So you're shooting golf course geese basically. Yeah. yeah that's the exact same, especially like where I am here. Like, so I live pretty much right on the North shore of Lake Ontario and I'm a half hour East of Toronto. So like there's, there's Toronto itself. And then it's just like a complete utter blur of fucking towns and cities to the east of it and west and then to the north it's just you think it was just one big massive city for lack of a better term but out to the east of where i am so lake ontario never freezes because it's such a massive body of water it never freezes right. Right. and um so beside toronto the next town to the to the east is pickering pickering has a nuclear power plant and then i'm in oshawa so i'm like three more towns over and then the next town beside me is uh curtis which is part of like clarington township they've got a nuclear power plant as well so they also have a warm water discharge so like all these like resident birds again like just like what you guys experience they just stack up and like they do two things they feed and they fuck yeah they, (laughs) they never migrate a day in their life and we've got so much agriculture to the east of Toronto, like as, as you go further east, like kind of how far these towns develop from the shoreline northward diminishes and pretty much past me is all just farms. So like these birds, they just live, like, they never migrate. They go from water to food, water to food. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, like our early season and late season is just a gong show, like you're 10 birds a day. Like it's, it's nothing to go out there and smack 40, 50, 60 birds. Yeah, same here. I mean, these birds that we're shooting in early season, the these geese. I mean, that I think the furthest they fly in a a day is probably five miles max. You know, they're just skirting. All they're doing is leaving a roost, which is a protected county park or something, and then flying to a, a agriculture field, eating uh, whatever is cut down and then getting on water and then flying back i mean literally you can watch i mean their routine every day it was funny like a number i don't know how long ago six six seven years ago i was doing a late season goose hunt so we've got our our regular season for ducking geese and then there's like an early week for like your resident geese where they bump the limit to 10 and then we've got a late season where they bump the limit to 10 as well for these canadas and I was out hunting with my dad and a buddy and we shot our 30 that morning, but I actually shot one bird that was banded at the Pickering nuke plant. So we ended up getting, I got that band. I got a minor band that day and my buddy got one from James Bay, but like, I, I'm like, Oh, this is awesome. We got some bands. I go home. I check, check the, uh, the stats on the, the one regular band that I shot. I'm like, 
you were banded at the nuke plant. I'm like, I can, I can like stand on the roof of my truck in the field that I am and I can see the nuke plant. You've never migrated a day in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hear you. You got a minor though, huh? That I did. Yeah. And that was awesome. Right on. Yeah. I bet you there's no one in California that's seen one. Yeah. It would have to be way off track. Yeah. Over there. <laughs> yeah. Um, same thing on my way. There, you shoot a minor out on the East Coast. That thing got lost big time. Yeah. Did they bend I mean, in your area? In, in California? In your area in general and like in, within your locale, like your hunting zone? Yeah. I mean, I'd say um, I ish kind of. I mean, they keep it very discreet and everything, but I know within. Uh, a two hour radius they're doing a pretty heavy banding projects uh they're targeting a lot of pintail they target pintail mostly but whatever gets captured gets uh uh banded basically and um we have a, a huge banding program in california actually the california waterfowl association is a, a big advocate with the the whole banding so we got lots of uh lots of bands and I, i'm pretty sure we shoot quite a bit compared to i mean other places that don't really have those banding programs in place anymore ours is like um i would say california is probably one of the forefront in the whole um banding in the in the states at least with in that respect um, you know, a, few, a few hunters up here as soon as they hear that they'll hop in their truck and head right to california yeah they get that call like hey i just got a <laughs> I just got access to a place right beside us, a place that they banded. We should go. And it's like, just, yeah. just to get a band from like five feet away. Like what the fuck? So yeah. yeah. Last year I shot one last year. I shot a gadwall in Oregon and um, did, you know, after you do pull up the certificate and everything I shot, him, I shot him. I mean, he was banded probably 15 miles away from where I shot him. And it was in August. He was banned, and I shot him in October. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, so, I didn't know right. about it. I didn't know, but I mean. the the one thing I do now when someone shoots a band in the group that we're in, you don't fucking post or tell anybody about it for two weeks, because if you do, then within those next two weeks, the place is just plastered with people. Like, oh, oh yeah, fuck. A number of years ago, my buddy shot a. I can't remember if it was a green wing or a blue wing, but we hunted this this uh, like controlled lake where they like, like they have regulated blinds and whatnot on this particular lake, and you can only hunt it certain days of the week. He shot this teal opening morning, and he shot it so fast that info wasn't even on the website yet. Like that band, oh, they, that band couldn't have been any shinier. They didn't even upload it, huh? Yeah, I shot. Like, I shot a duck a mallard drake in 2016 that i banded five weeks before wow <laughs> is your is it the biologist that's on the certificate or is it your name on the certificate? no it's it's the, it's the main guy who was running the the banding operation at the time it was all under his name but right there was there was a couple of volunteers me and, and another couple of people and then the the we'll call mnr here i don't know what you call your guys but our mnr employees the scientists were all there with us and uh, we banded one night we banded a hundred and some odd birds and 
that was the night I helped out. And five weeks later, in another place, about 30, we'll say 20 miles from where that banding happened, I shot this mallard and it was one of the ones I had banded. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know guys here that will shoot bands and they won't even report them or say anything till the end of the season. Yeah. And then they'll, they'll wait till the end just to, I mean, I don't know if it's superstition or they don't want anyone to know, but um, one of the coolest, the coolest one that I, I shot that I'm pretty proud of that's pretty interesting is um, I shot a green wing teal. Um, not, yeah, like two seasons ago and it was, um, on Jan, the end of January. So, I mean, we're kind of like days away from the end of the season and I shot a uh, green wing teal and it was in a group and I just picked out the Drake out of it. And then he was like in the back, I shot him. And, um, it was for some, it was just a crappy day. Like that was the only real group that came in. Um, I was hunting with a, a guy I work with and at his private club <clears throat> and, uh, he had his dog. So I was just kind of his guest along and I, he, he told me, shoot it. I shot it. Dog went out and got it and um, brought it back. And he just grabbed it. And he's like, here you go. I was like, yeah, just throw it in your bag. And uh, so he just put it in his bag. Didn't look at the bird. I mean, it's like a teal is teal here. You know, we have, there's, I mean, they're, they're great tasting birds, but it's just like, okay, like nothing real special. They're just appetizers. And, uh, yeah. So he threw it in his bag. We went to a different spot on his, on his land and um, hunted. I didn't end up, we didn't, neither of us shot anything else. The rest of the day was like, ended up being one of those weird January days. And uh, we were leaving, get, get to his, like uh, his trailer. And I was packing up and everything. And I, he's like, Hey, your bird. And I said, nah, just keep it, man. I don't, I'm good. And he's all, nah, nah, nah. And, just, and so he just grabs it out of the bag and throws it to me. So I took it and I threw it in the back of my, uh, my truck, like just to drive home. And it's a 45 minute drive. So I drive home, I get home, I'm emptying my gear and stuff. And the ducks, the ducks still there. And, um, I get in the house, take a shower, you know, do this stuff. I was like, I'll go out and clean that bird. I go out and pull it out. And I'm like, look, I like my heart just like stopped. I was like, what the heck? And I immediately text him. I thought he was playing a joke on me or something, you know, like, like he'd slipped it on there just to like, to see how long it'd take me to, to realize it. And I called him and I was like, what the heck, man? And he's like, what? And I was all, he had to go to work. So he's out. He's like, what? I'm at work. And I was all, dude, that bird is banded. He's like, no. So I sent him a pic. And um, it had one of those old, like, advise. advise. Oh. Oh, oh, somebody's oh, calling. Oh, oh. I think somebody called him. Oh, okay. Phone, yeah. Back. Popular guy. It, yeah. it had one of those old advise bands on it, you know, like, oh, where it's like. Wow. So I uh, I looked it up and um it was it was uh banded in Pilot Station Alaska. Well, <laughs> I don't know nice. like I I had to look it up. It's like right on the Russia Alaska border basically way up there. It was too young to fly, but I found out that they use um if they're targeting certain species and but they capture they'll use old um stock of bands. So it wasn't the bird was young. I was like this is an old bird cuz I mean it they stopped using those. I looked it up and those are like at least in the late nineties, mm. uh, early two thousands. So, um, 
but it ended up being like old stock band that they use on birds that they really don't target, but they still put into the system, which, but it was still pretty cool. Cause I mean, it was a couple thousand miles away. So from, uh, I mean, that, that bird a couple of years made a pretty big trip, you know? So that's like the coolest, my, I think the Pacific flyway is the coolest for all of migration because you get such a big swing in like area, right? Like you get like stuff coming across from Russia um, I remember in an episode, uh, an issue of wildfowl, somebody in California, I think had shot a pintail, but it was abandoned in Hawaii. So like, like that trek, like that's just, it's so cool, man. Diversity of, uh, for the bands you get from there. Oh yeah. I've heard, I've seen uh, snow geese, um, with Russia bands. I've seen that in our flyway. Um, someone has shot a bird that was banded in Japan wow. in the Pacific flyway. Um, I haven't heard of why, but I mean, I can honestly believe it. I mean, all those birds from up there, they'll cut the corner from, they'll fly across the Pacific ocean from, um, Alaska to Washington, Oregon area. Like they'll, they'll cut that hole. So, I mean, they're flying across the, the whole Pacific ocean, basically. They're not afraid, you know? Yeah. Do you, Kelly, just kind of get off the band, but on the flyway still like you guys shoot a lot of euros through through there like i know you guys got a heavy widget population but do you guys see the odd euro come through too yeah i mean it's becoming more increasingly um apparent i don't know if it's because of i heard someone talking about it recently too but it's become more prevalent in the like in the most re- more recent years um uh, you you it's becoming almost more like a common thing than um just like this rare this rarity i don't know if there's like a the they must they must be yeah they must be breeding on the side of the continent right and that's what they're i think that's what they were talking about is that it's more of a breeding thing now that they're um kind of moved into this area so it's become more prevalent um as as um opposed to them just actually migrating you know from that area i think there's like a breeding population now almost but yeah, we got lots of widgeon, lots of pintail, lots of spoonies, lots of mallards. I mean, the the variety is definitely there. So we're yeah. like a month out from our season here. Have you guys started to notice that all those people you haven't talked to since January are starting to call you again or what? <laughs> I got a text from Sal Goodman last night and I know he listened to this and I, I chewed him like, wow, I knew I was going to hear from you eventually, Sal. Yeah, yeah. Go, goes radio silence for eight months of the year, and then oh, hey, how's it going? How you doing? Hey, best yeah. friend. We should yeah. have some pints and maybe do some trap shooting together. Uh, hey, what are yeah. you up to? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I know what you're up to, Sal. Oh. I'll fall, I'll fall oh, for it. Don't worry. Is it almost yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's probably a common thing that. for you too, isn't it, Kelly? Oh yeah, for yeah. sure. It definitely yeah. is. Yeah, I think for everyone, I mean, that's like a, that's a going joke, you know, like you're like, oh, here comes the phone calls. and But it's one of those jokes. It's just so fucking true that, you know, it's, sorry. It's, yeah, no, 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 no problem. Oh, good, man. It's just one of those jokes that like, it's absolutely true that there's guys that do that. So that's but the best it, kind of humor I find. It's, it's funny oh, yeah. though, because I have that like group of buddies that like the only time we talk is during duck season. Yeah. Like four months of the year is the only time we speak, and, and like, and, and like we we trade hunts religiously, so it's non-issue. But yeah, you do get those handful. Like, hey, you know, you've been scouting. 
You got mm. you got some birds. How's your early season looking? I'm like, yeah, I, uh, I I got nothing. I've got no ammo. I got no fields. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know, dude. Do, Do you, you have, have anything? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. We both. I mean, we have. I I know exactly what you're saying. There's there's the there's the people that you don't <clears> talk to that really like that hit you up and are like hey how's it going and you're like hey but i also do have this you know a group of people that we don't talk really and except during duck season and i mean we're everyone's okay with it we're okay with sharing information and we're you know in that sense i mean it's not like we just don't well don't talk or have it uh, but i think our, our common interest is is hunting you know so i mean we just keep it at that but the other guys those guys can Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> For the record, Sal isn't that guy. He's a good dude. It's just we met hunting, so that's our, yeah. our common denominator. So I don't even know if the guy likes hockey or baseball or football or anything. But but uh, yeah, I, I have a pretty small core group of guys I hunt with religiously that we've grown up together, and I keep it at that. But there's a couple guys I like, like Sal, that I like to hunt with. And they're good dudes. So luckily, I but I have known those guys, especially when I lived in Ontario. But the phone only rings once a year, but uh, yeah, just, just like Damien says, uh, surround yourself with good people. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen on social media, there's like this thing going around now, and it says, like, um, like it's a picture of a phone, like a meme, and it says that guy that only calls during d- duck season or whatever, on and it like, like your phone is ringing, you know, and yeah, it's got the red and the green, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's another thing that uh, I've noticed about bird dog waterfowl is your social media, like the pictures you take and the stories that you mm. have are just, they're, they're pretty great. Like you do a good job of that. Thank you. Um, how much yeah. work do you actually put into that? Or is that just something like it just turns out? Um, well, I mean, now it's been five and a half years since, I mean, I started the Instagram in 2016 in April. So, um, uh, yeah, um, it's become kind of a normal routine and everything now. Um, I can't, I don't take all the credit at all because I mean, I have a great, I sponsor a great team of guys that, um, I, you know, that are photographers and creative. Uh, I have a whole creative team that, um, basically as content creators and also, you know, field, field guys that are out there that support the brand and push the product. And, and then um, the, I kind of, we call it the elite team, I guess, but it's just like the guys that it's basically the core group of guys that have really invested into the, not monetarily, but, you know, invested into the company and um, really drive and promote the brand and, um, and they're great at, killing ducks and stuff like that you know too but the content and everything um is a a lot of it is um from the creative team we have i have you know my own um pay not i don't know private page with um these guys and girls um that provide uh content and we everyone shares um their own information you know they're everyone um kind of gives tips to each other and it's a it's a good little community that they feed off each other and i mean i do some of the the content as well and the product and what people don't really realize is that this is pretty much like the back end is like pretty much a one-man show you know from 
orders to um, website design to the social, the whole social media a- aspect of it. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there doing it basically. So don't expect it to be like a big warehouse of, you know, giant, uh, giant deal. I mean, this is basically, I mean, I literally created this from a hole in the, the wall office and built it from there. I mean, it's grown a lot, but, um, a lot, a lot, but yeah, it started out just a couple hundred bucks and, uh, Instagram page, I guess. And do you box everything up and ship it all yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And how have you done money orders into Canada? Oh yeah. With that. Um, you know what? I, I had a huge (laughs) issue when I was using, um, UPS and I, that is horrible, man. It was such a nightmare. People just wanted, I mean, but um, the United States Postal Service, I have not had any problems and they've gotten the orders. I mean, it usually says like 15 days, 15 to 20 days to for delivery. And I mean, it's been getting there within a week almost, it seems like. Um, so I've stuck with that. But I mean, man, what a nightmare that was before, because they're trying to charge these um, taxes to the to the recipient. Or brokerage something. fees, brokerage yeah. fee, and yeah, plus the twenty six for the person. And well, yeah. welcome to nickel, our nickel and dime you to fucking yeah. death. Yeah. Welcome to our lives. And on I've top shit, of that, I've sent shit back. Something I, I I had ordered from a company, and they I didn't know, and they used UPS, and it got them. It got to my door, and the guy's like, "Yeah, there's a brokerage fee of one hundred and fifty bucks on a two hundred and fifty dollar item." I'm like, "Yeah, you can just take that." And well, it's funny it you say that. Time. I ordered, I ordered a decoy bag, either one or two bags from, from a company from the States. And I think the bags were worth like 54, 56 bucks US. And UPS wanted to charge me that just in brokerage. And I basically told them to go fucking pound salt. Huge, huge domestic with UPS. And they're like, they end up refunding me a bunch of money. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's all fine and dandy. I got these at a discount. Like, yeah, you're trying to jam me at the you know the regular price. I'm like, this is what I paid. I'm not paying this shit. This is what I paid. You can reflect your know, your charges on this, not that. And like, you look at the recent post that happened there with the gentleman that ordered uh, some real geese decoys, and UPS basically like drove over the box. Like, this is just a goddamn train wreck. Yeah. I have uh, the same same thing you guys are talking about, about those fees and everything. I mean, I've had guys that are like, um, I'm not going to accept this. I mean, it's going to come back to you. Or I'm like, man, like, it, I'm so sorry. I, I, I don't, I didn't know that personally at the beginning, but now everything is pretty smooth uh, with Canada, shipping to Canada, no problem, fast, no fees. The, so. The, I the made an order was, once for uh panel blinds right from a certain company and i called them and i was talking to them made the order and they tried to do me a solid and send them but they tried to like put a really low price on them to ship them across the border so that i wouldn't get hit with as high taxes and uh the border held them and they said can you get us a receipt for this product because uh it's definitely not worth what they've said it's worth way more than that they tried to say that each panel blind was 25 bucks and the whole both of them together was 50 i was like oh shit so it turned into a whole fiasco it i truly appreciated it but 
on the other hand, it just created such a hassle. Man, that sucks. Yeah. I mean, when when someone's telling you how much something's worth, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I'm just glad my wife didn't find the receipt. <laughs> Right. <laughs> to, to be honest, Kelly, we've got good water fouling up here. Yeah. But trying to order mm. shit is a whole different fiasco. Yeah. 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 Do you guys have yeah. good good companies up there that you I mean that you don't have to really go across the border or is it or like stores? So we can Canadian we waterfowl supplies. There's a couple. Yeah. There's few and far between is the problem. Um and of course our our land mass is quite large, so um, they're and they tend to be centralized. So if you're on the outskirts like me on one of the one of the other coasts, you're kind of still paying the price for shipping, even though it's not there's no brokerage or taxes, but it still can be uh, can be pricey. It's more expensive here because everything that they everything that is used here comes from the states, pretty much. So all these companies that are selling here are even when you convert to dollar, it's still higher. It's still higher than what it was because they had to get it up here, right? Right. So, Someone's paying for it. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's, 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 you're, you're not getting any sweet, super sweet deals like you can get on stuff down in the states. Not, not really. Not very often. The, the right. one thing I will say though is, um, I've ordered from Pat Heinrichs before, and I was like, oh, it'll be ready. It'll be here like for next weekend's hunt, and it'll be there like the next day. It'll be on your porch waiting. It's like, holy shit! How did that get here so quick? So. That's kind of a bad yeah. going through that. Canadian Waterfowl Supply is probably the premier dealer and on this yeah. side of the border for us. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Pat runs a, a tight ship and uh, they got lots of quality selection and quality gear. Yeah. Right. I've heard and, of I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. He's really yeah. good. But we are at the one hour mark, and Damien told me not to go over. So uh I don't want to fuck up here. too many things. I know he's yeah, not Damien's, here, but yeah, listen, he doesn't watch this. Is either, he your so. daddy? Yeah. yeah no but wait yeah. i didn't even get to tell you about my no i'm just kidding yeah <laughs> hey damien nope. won't see this until monday so fuck him <laughs> even, even though he's still my favorite newfie well okay i'll uh continue on boys <laughs> no but honestly you know we should go because uh some people do only want to watch a one-hour episode and uh i understand that so Corey. We'll just go around the table there uh mark Good time you again, Kelly. Uh, great learning some more information about uh, California. Um, I don't know when I'll ever be able to make it down there. Apparently never, the way things are going. But, uh, you know, if we're ever down that way, I'll be looking you up, and you're always welcome up here, obviously. Phil? Thank you so much. Sorry. Appreciate it. Philly? Yeah, again, Kelly, it was great to see you again. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was great learning just, you know, how, how waterfowl operates down in California and, you know, you know how different you are and diverse you are in comparison to things here in Ontario and uh, you know to keep up the great work and hopefully uh, bird dog continues to flourish keep it up thank Ryan. you yeah man uh, awesome to get you on here finally uh, we had to get through some tactical technical difficulties but I'm glad we made it happen and uh, hope you have a great upcoming season and if you ever want to swap some uh, pintail hunting for some black duck hunting let me know Right on. I need a black duck. I need a black duck. Kelly, uh, sorry I cut you off there. I'm kind of new at this, but uh, I'll let you have the last word there. All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate the pleasures all mine. I mean, you guys are such an awesome, great group of guys. And um, I'm so grateful to have the opportunity to hang out. And I mean, just 
shoot the crap with you for at least an hour. I mean, we got to talk, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago and everything. And um, I was really looking forward to doing this and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime, you know, here soon later in the season or something. Um, it's really great to meet all you guys. I mean, you guys are awesome. And I awesome. I thank you so much. Yeah. So um, you can uh, visit me. Uh, our website is www.birddogwaterfowl.com or find us on Instagram at birddogwaterfowl. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly, for coming on. And uh, that'd be great. Like hopefully sometime mid-season, Damien's away again so that you'll come back on and uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll chat again. <laughs> Remember, everybody, surround yourself with good people. We'll talk to you.